To me, the most amazing thing about this campaign is the fact that 10 years ago, marketing automation platforms were not widely available. The amount of work that had to go into building this program was tremendous. Welcome to our first ever case study episode of B2B Nation's Marketing Edition. Man, is this one a fun one. Uh, we're joined by two leaders in getting responses from automated campaigns. I'm Magdalena, Get Response Enterprise Marketing Manager. And I'm Michael, and Content Marketing Manager at GetResponse. And we are discussing their favorite marketing automation campaigns of all time, including what makes them so great, what they did and didn't do, and so much more. This episode is sponsored by our friends at Marketing Sherpa Summit coming up here at the end of February in Las Vegas, Nevada. Please check out that awesome conference in the show notes. To start us off here, I asked Magdalena to dive a little deeper into her favorite automated campaigns. Well, it's uh, it's really hard to name just one. There's been quite a few, but um, the one well, the one that I've always really enjoyed, and it's actually an oldie. It's almost ten years old. Uh, this campaign is from the Thompson Holiday Travel, a UK travel um, company that does um, amazing stuff with their data and the automation. They've created entire uh, relationship marketing uh, program based on on the automation when they used a um, great deal of data where they um, integrated that data with uh, with their CRM systems, creating amazing, unique um, experience. Basically what they did was um, um, a communication cycle throughout the entire purchase process. So first they, con- they were contacting people at their purchase stage, gathering data, and then, for example, exactly a year after uh, you've, you know, a, a user or the customer purchased their first holiday, um, they were uh, sending them um, perfectly tailored offer that was uh, had the same price range, the same location or sort of location, the same quality of the hotel and any additional you know features that the users were requiring. And that offer was um, was used um, to encourage repeated purchase, and um, it had amazing results. And then after the purchase, people were encouraged to um, you know they were receiving an entire cycle on the tips, practices, and so on. And that was a very old one, but it was the beginning of um, how it all kind of evolving until now. Um, Another great example is Tesco's UK. They actually tap into entire purchase history of their customers. Uh, So whenever you go to the shop, uh, they create a unique tailored shopping list for you. So they can tell you when your soap uh, is gone and when you need to buy washing powder and so on and so on. Uh, so it's like a whole new level of marketing automation that they pretty much look into your shelves and know what what you need to buy. That is really astounding to me, sort of, you know, the, the time frame, because I feel like we're always sort of updating, you know, the technology with regard to automation. So mm. I find it really surprising that you sort of picked one that was, you know, 10 years ago. So how would that campaign sort of be different, you think, if they ran it today? Yeah, I thought you might be surprised. And the reason why um, I chose this one is, um, you know, if you think about um, not having the right ready um, developed tool, um, you need to 
kind of uh, think about the number of people who had to um, be involved in the process. And today, thanks to platforms like you know um, modern email marketing platforms or marketing automation platforms, that process is much easier. So, um, so that definitely is one of the things that um, that made me think about this campaign is that um, how um, huge. Um, hugely you know different it is to plan a campaign like this now uh, compared to 10 years ago yeah absolutely and that makes them that that much more impressive so uh, great great choice in picking those magdalena but i'm curious what are some of the biggest takeaways from their campaign and what does that mean about automation as it exists today well first uh, what i think is the most exciting thing about automation that those companies really tapped into very well is uh, is how to take big data into use and how to gather the data. And their campaigns are a great example of, you know, how you can really um, connect the dots and also, you know, uh, how to how to create a truly personalized experience based on the really raw data and, and back-end uh, solutions. So, so, yeah, pretty much um, great use of data and in integrating it with personalized messaging is something that um, is definitely the most um, exciting and memorable about those campaigns. Absolutely. And I'm curious too, uh, obviously those are both, you know, consumer facing examples. Uh, would you say, Magdalena, that for the most part, the way that you use and implement data is similar for a B2B company as opposed to a B2C company? Or do you see uh, a couple of sort of variations and differences there? No, I think I think the use of data is very similar everywhere in the I mean, in principle. I think that each business runs and has their own model. So each time you develop a um, an automation program or a retention program based on automated processes, you cannot just simply take one recipe and apply it to your business. You need to do a lot of analysis and need to be fully aware of who your customers are, what their benefit, you know, what their habits are. Um, without this knowledge, I think that. Um, that you know, companies wouldn't be able to to succeed in automation. That's why I think that integrating with with CRM systems is um, is such a big part of successful marketing automation program. What do these companies uh, not do, and what is a common mistake that some folks uh, make in marketing automation? I mean, is it just not you know tying it to a CRM or not you know trying to utilize all the the data they have access to to the utmost? Or yeah, what would you say is it some of the most common mistakes that you guys see uh, with regard to automation? Well, there's um, there's a couple. You've already named some of them. Um, definitely not gathering enough sufficient amount of data is number one mistake. So without the data, you won't be able to run the automation program. Two is not knowing what to do with the data that you have. So it, it's not enough to um, to gather the data. In today's world, um, you know, we really bombarded it, bombarded with it um, from everywhere. So it's it's the knowledge on what to use um, the data for, um, which uh, takes me to the next point, which is planning. It takes a great deal of planning. You need to have a longer-term plan that helps you um, put the automation um, in um, in a wider um, you know marketing strategy and um, and help you develop the right. Um, um, the right communications plan. Um, and um, in those campaigns that I've just talked about, I think that the one thing that I really missed is um, 
um, a more uh, integrated approach to various media, uh, various channels. For example, if they tapped into real-time data, uh, Tesco could be sending uh, text messages um, reminding people to some buy something as they walk into the store, or you know, as you land in your dream destination, um, um, a holiday company could send you you know, directions to your hotel. So, so integration is definitely something that those, um, those um, com campaigns, both campaigns uh, were missing. Um, the last thing that I wanted to talk about is the resources. Um, I think that the companies that, they, that run automation, they cannot just assume that once they switch it on, it will run itself. Um, there has to always be someone to, to analyze it, uh, optimize it, and... Um, and keep an eye on it so it's um so it's doing the best uh, job it can uh, you mentioned magdalena the importance of planning and understanding uh, your campaigns i want to go a little bit deeper maybe into the automation aspect and a b testing should should every campaign be tested and i guess uh, michael will be here uh, to answer this question but uh, yeah so how does testing come into play michael and should every uh, campaign be a b tested uh, certainly um short answer Yes. <laughs> in the ideal world, uh, you'd like to test every single campaign that you're running. Uh, you'd like to know whether the best email, the one that delivers the best open rates and click-through rates, is going to uh, improve your marketing performance, is going to uh, deliver you know, higher ROI. Um, but to put it in the perspective, uh, let's go back a few years back and recall an email campaign of a pretty famous one uh, by uh, President Obama. So you probably recall the emails uh, that sounded quite familiar, like join me for dinner. So the subject lines were like, hey, wow, it's officially over. So what I liked about this campaign is what happened afterwards, that the team behind it analyzed carefully how choosing the best email for the, for the whole campaign, uh, so one of the best emails, delivered much higher uh, potential profit. So when they were trying to collect as, much, as many donations as possible, they found that choosing the best email on a particular date uh, could have saved or so potentially saved them from $600,000 up to $2 million. So one, one good email can make a huge difference. So of course, it depends on the, the database that you have and the cause that you have. But um, in the ideal world, you'd like to test every single campaign that you have. So, um, but of course, we don't live in an ideal world. You don't always have the time to do it or the um, appropriate resources. So you don't have time to come up with different versions of the same email and analyze them and send the best uh, potential email or you just don't know what to test and how to do it. So uh, I just believe that it is still worth testing, even if you have a good gut feeling. Even the most brilliant marketers that have the best intuition can learn a lot from tests. And sometimes you may think that the best designs, you know, the best call to action buttons, nicest emails will deliver the better results. And in reality, sometimes emails that have, I don't know, typos or you know, grammar errors can deliver much better results than your regular emails because they sound more familiar. So it is good always to test your gut feeling and put data behind it so to know whether what you're doing is actually you know, uh, best for your brand, best for your marketing. 
I love the the Obama campaign example. I think uh, the point that one good email can really make a huge difference is so so true. Um, but as marketers, you know, you you touched on this as well. You know, we're so busy. There's so many things uh, that we're doing in addition to you know running these automation campaigns. Uh, what would you say, sort of, is uh, if you could sort of choose, I guess, one thing maybe in an email? Uh, I'm curious. Is it you know an image in the email? Is it uh, the title of the email? Is it you know the body copy? Is it the call to action button? What what would that one thing that that you think uh, is most important to A-B test in an email would be? Um, in my opinion, it really depends on the objective that you have at hand. So whether you want to generate open rates, then probably testing your um, email address, the from address, or your uh, subject line or the pre-header, these would be the most important ones. But if you do consider the objective, for example, being signups or you know, uh, purchase orders, um, sale, then you have to look deeper into the email, look into the above default section, the header image, your call to action buttons. So these are sort of the elements that you should be testing if you want to go for um, a different kind of objective. And actually, in my opinion, it's the best practice to always look into the objective that you have at the moment. So whether you're, you're interested in showing your CMO that you have great open rates, then fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> Consider consider the uh, the subject line only and the from address. But if you want to show the actual data, how many people made a purchase? Uh, sorry, made a made an order. Then you have to look into uh, call to action buttons um, and the click to open rate ratio. So click to open ratio, and that's more interesting. So sometimes you have emails that perhaps don't get as many open rates uh, as many opens but they do deliver exactly what you want. They straight away tell your subscribers what the email will be about and they convince them to make that click and to make the order. And now we'll pivot uh, real quick here into our sponsor, uh, Marketing Sherpa Summit coming up here, I guess next week. Oh my gosh, it came up so quickly. Um, and you guys are traveling, you said 16 hours, which is crazy to me. So you guys are really uh, going through uh, hell and high water to get there, which I really appreciate. So uh, what are you most looking forward to at the conference this year? I actually love, uh, I'd love to see uh, the, 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 the keynote by Leonard Molodinov. Um, he's a theoretical physicist, <laughs> and he's going to talk about randomness of um, uh, that that is ruling our lives. But I would also like to see um, a um, a presentation by Maya Trewoods about um, life cycle messaging and data put into use to email uh, to drive email revenues. Um, and yeah, I've been to Sherpas before, and other than me uh, meeting interesting people. What I always love most is actually listening to uh, case studies. So there are a few interesting case studies happening this uh, this year. So there will be one about Dell Home Advisor um, and one by uh, from Healthcare Analytics. So they, they are interesting because they're looking at different elements of emails on how to generate more profits or more generate more leads with non-gated content or how to increase revenue from emails in the long term. So I just want to really listen to the real history and, you know, get to know the, the brands more. Perfect. Awesome. Well, thanks again, guys, for joining me. A great, great interview. Super helpful, I'm sure, for our listeners. I uh, really appreciate your time today. 
Thanks. Thanks. Lovely speaking to you. Thank you. Also,、uh, thank you so much to our listeners for following along. To find out more about B2B Nation, including our IT and HR edition, check out our website, technologyadvice.com. Lastly, if you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and rate us on iTunes. Thanks for listening.